0: Hey, are you having a hard time forgiving others and even forgiving yourself? Well, this is the Bible reading and coffee drinking episode for you. We're going to go over a bunch of Bible verses talking about forgiveness and teaching forgiveness. So join us today on this brand new episode. Alright, good morning everybody. Thank you for joining me today. Uh, Today we are discussing Bible verses that are teaching us how to forgive, teaching us forgiveness. Forgiveness is so challenging for us, but I I, I am a full, firm believer that uh, if we forgive others, we get more out of that forgiveness than they do. So it's good for your heart, it's good for your soul. God wants us to forgive everybody who wrongs us, just as He has forgiven us. So we long for that forgiveness from God. And uh, we need to be able to grace that, or give that grace and that courtesy out to our brothers and sisters out there that maybe uh, get sideways with it, sideways with us. So we're going to dive into Bible verses today, teaching forgiveness. We're going to start in Colossians three, verse thirteen. Uh, so if you have your Bibles, please uh, read along. If not, you can listen or you can watch me uh, read uh, read Colossians three. <clears throat> Got my. Uh coffee this morning, kind of uh, my second cup. It's a little early in the morning while I'm recording this. All right, uh, Colossians 3, verse 13, let's dive in. Uh, Let's do 12 through 14, just to give some context, as I like to do, but 13 is the one we're going to focus on today. Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourself with tenderness, or hearted mercy, excuse me, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Verse 13 is where He talks about forgiveness. Paul in Colossians talks about forgiveness. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. After all, clothe yourself with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. All right, so right there, Paul is telling us, instructing us in God's word that we must forgive people who have faults, who offend us, and why? Because the Lord forgave us, so we must forgive others. God is a forgiving God. And if you believe that, and if you desire that, and if you want that, if you want that forgiveness from God, you've got to be willing to forgive others around you. <clears throat> so hard, isn't it? It's so hard. But why? He says, Clothe yourself with tender heart and mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness. And patience. He's setting us up to be good people, as good as we can be. And if you if you approach your life with kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, you'll be willing to forgive others. It's gonna be a whole lot easier if you approach situations with kindness and humility than coming at things angry. If you're angry and you're you're upset by somebody offending you or somebody wronging you, it's going to be really hard to forgive that person. But if you approach every situation with kindness and humility, gentleness and patience, it's going to be a whole lot easier. That's why Paul talks about, kind of sets it up in verse 12 with, hey, if you go about your life, if you clothe yourself <clears throat> with mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience, you're going to have an easier time forgiving People, you're gonna have easier time with what I'm about to say, which is forgive those who offend you. All right, let's uh let's hop around here. Let's do Matthew, let's go uh, into the gospels. All right, so um Matthew, Matthew 6, so that's uh in the gospels Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John. So it's uh, just a few books ahead of where we are. So it goes through the gospels and then it hits into uh hits into Paul's letter. So Matthew 6, and we're gonna go in uh, verse 14 and 15. All right, I do. I don't have these uh, highlighted, so I may have to highlight these. All right, get your highlighter right if you don't have your highlighter. Holy mackerel. All right, so let's dive into Matthew 6, verse 14, 15. I'm going to highlight these in my Bible real quick because I want to for- remember them. If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. That is uh, That is tough. It's harsh, but it's the facts. This is what Paul is trying, or this is, I'm sorry, Jesus talking to us about this right now. Jesus says, if you forgive those who sin against you, your Heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. That's in the Gospel of Matthew. So how important is it to God, to the Heavenly Father, that you forgive the people around you? Straight off in Matthew, it says, hey, if you don't forgive others... The Heavenly Father is not going to forgive you. So if you're wondering the importance of forgiveness, read that. God doesn't just ask us to forgive others. He demands us to forgive others. Because if we're not good enough in our heart to reach out and be humble and forgive others, why would God want to forgive us? God, that's hard, isn't it? That's a hard pill to swallow. That's a hard thing to accept. We want to we want to go through our lives kind of repenting and asking God for forgiveness and just assuming that he does forgive us, which he does. But here's a condition that he's laying out right here that we have to we have to forgive others. If we refuse to forgive others, God will not forgive us. And it's not if we if we forgive little things, or big things, or in-the-middle things, he's telling us, forgive those who sin against us. Period. Period. There's no degrees, there's no variations. If somebody wrongs you, forgive them. Period. It's hard. It's hard. But that's what we need to do. All right, let's hop around a little bit. Let's go back in the uh, the, uh, letters of Paul. We're going to go to Ephesians 4. And verse 31. Uh, so uh, that is in my Bible, my New Living Translation Bible, right around page 1566. Um, so I'll let you guys flip to that while I have a sip of coffee. All right, so uh, what do we say? 31 and 32 uh, is what we're going to read to Ephesians uh, 4. Uh, Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Verse 32. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you. All right, so this kind of goes back to our first part that we were reading in, uh, in Colossians, <clears throat> and get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. So this is, a, a, you know, Paul's setting us up again by telling us it's going to be a whole lot easier to forgive someone if you get rid of all these negative things in your heart and in your mind. Because unless you get rid of bitterness, rage, anger, anger, harsh words, and slander, and all types of evil behavior, unless you do that, you're not going to have the humbleness to forgive the people around you. How hard is it to? Do we do do that good as Christians? Do we get rid of our bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander? I don't think so. It's one thing that we haven't quite come together as a a community uh, of getting rid of some of those things at times. Yeah, anger, but harsh words and slander, we're quick to judge. If you're not like us, we're quick to judge at times. Not all of us. I'm not accusing anybody watching or listening to this right now, but that is something that uh, we, we struggle with at times. We need to, as as Christians, we need to get rid of all those things, as Paul's saying, and instead be kind to one another, tenderhearted and forgiving. So I know that not all the world looks like us. What I mean by that is... You know, once we accept Christ as our Savior, we are bound by his expectations. What that means is right here is be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. If we all approached our daily lives, the society in general, our co-workers, our friends, our families, with kindness, tenderheartedness, and forgiveness, and prayed, frankly, prayed for those people— that are still in bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, I think that would go a lot farther than than calling out their sin, or calling out what they've done to you. We are new creations in Christ. Therefore, we need to be tender heart and forgiving. Because sometimes, sometimes we're the only gospel, we're the only exposure to Jesus somebody may have. So they look at us as Christians, and they have, they have expectations of us. And if we approach situations with bitterness, anger, and slander, and, 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 and harsh words, and we're coming at them the way the world does, you may be showing the example that Christians aren't any different, which we are, and we should be. We need to be we're born again in Christ, and we need to approach the world differently. It's commanded to us. And if we're not doing that, then we're not following what the Bible instructs us to be. God instructs us to forgive one another, be kind-hearted, and, and, and stop with all the negativity. I promise you, you'll lead more people to Christ <clears throat> by showing them compassion and love and forgiveness than you ever will judging them or being angry with them or slandering them. I promise you. All right, let's do a little, uh, let's flip back to the Old Testament. Uh, We're going to go to Daniel. Daniel is a huge book of prophecy, which is very, very interesting. But let's go to Daniel 9 9. I like to bounce around from the Old Testament and the New Testament. Uh, Let's find 9 9. All right, so in in Daniel, which is the Old Testament, we're going to just jump right in to verse 9. But the Lord our God is merciful and forgiving, even though we have rebelled. Against him. We have not obeyed the Lord our God, for we have not followed the instructions he gave us through his servants, the prophets. All right, so the reason why I wanted to kind of chat about this Bible verse is following up what we just talked about the fact that God is merciful and forgiving. Even though we rebel against him, and we do, don't we? Every single day, every single day we rebel against God, and his response to that rebellion is forgiveness and mercy. So going back to our conversation that we just had on the previous verses, that's how we need to be approaching situations and the people in our life and this world in general is with mercy and forgiveness. Because it rebels against us, it fights against us, it rebels against, you know, what we stand for and how we 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 want to live and how Jesus lives. So when it comes at us, we need to respond the way Jesus does, and the way God does, which is mercy and forgiveness. It's right there in the Old Testament, which was written thousands of years ago. All right, let's hop around. We've got got time for one more Bible verse. Let's go back to um, one of Paul's letters. We'll do 2 Corinthians. And we'll do 5.17. Okay. And we'll wrap up this. All right, the reason why I want to read this is because I want to kind of wrap up our conversation about being different than the world. All right, let's back up and read 16. Let's read 16 and 17, okay? So, we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely as a human point of view. How differently we know him now. Verse 17. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. I know it doesn't say the word forgiveness in that verse, but I want you guys to understand all of these verses tied together are talking about being different than the world. The world doesn't want to forgive each other. Right now in our society, man, we are just polarized and broken apart and we fight over everything, whether it's real or not, whether it's accurate or not, whether it's, it's, we're so divided. And we need to be in, in the world, but not of the world, right? So once we accept Jesus, we are we have become a new person, Paul writes here. The old life is gone, and a new life has begun. So if you've accepted Christ as your Savior, all these verses talk about not being of the world, not being the way the other people in the world that haven't accepted Christ yet would react with anger, bitterness, all those things. Not forgiving. That's what the world does. That's what secularism does. Once you accept Christ, you have a new life. You are a new creation in him. So act like him. (laughs) You have to approach things in humbleness and kindness and forgiveness. I promise you, the one thing I want you guys to learn off of the study is... you may be the only exposure to Christ that people have today. You may be the only one. And how you act in your day-to-day life is a reflection on Jesus. If you've, if you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you are a new creation. So you have a different level of expectation now. Whether it's from God, that level of expectation, or from the people around you who look at you, if they know that you're a Christian, they are expecting you to be different. And if you're not different, then maybe they think, well, I don't care about this Christianity thing. Jesus obviously doesn't do anything because he didn't change this person. He's still not forgiving me, or she's still not forgiving me. So approach your life today with kindness and forgiveness. Be that example of Christ here on earth. Let the Holy Spirit lead you into that. And I promise when people look at you, they'll see you differently because you act differently. And when you forgive others... It shows them that Jesus is kind, but it also mends your own heart. Sometimes we hold on to that anger and that bitterness because we don't want to forgive somebody because they've hurt us too bad. And so they continue to hurt us when we don't forgive, quite frankly. We've got to let that burden off of our chest, off of our heart, and if you let that anger and that bitterness go and forgive that person, no matter how hard it is, you'll lift that burden off of you and give it to God. He can handle it. He can handle it. It talks in the Bible over and over and over again about the fact that he forgives us. So he can handle anything that we give him. But we can't. So you got to give it up. You've got to forgive others. It'll do more for you than it will for them. And it helps your, your soul. It cleans your heart. That's what God wants us to do. Be the example and forgive others, if anything, to make yourself feel less burdened. Okay? All right, that's a good one, huh? That's, uh, there are lots of Bible verses on forgiveness. Uh, if you uh, want more of these, you can check out the website, livingchristian.org. Go to the Bible verses section. I've got a whole list of Bible verses uh, talking about forgiveness uh, that are even more than these. So check that out if you haven't already. All right, let's take a um, a couple of questions here, and then we'll get about our weekend. I can't believe it's Friday already. Can you believe that? Uh, so, if you have it, uh, if you're live here on Instagram, if you haven't put a question in the little question area there, uh, drop it in, and I'll answer a few now, and then we'll uh, pray to in our session here in about uh, you know five or ten minutes. All right, um, let's see what we got. How to stay focused on God? I'm just gonna read the top one from Grace. How to stay focused on God when being a teen? Ooh, being a teenager is tough. Being a teenager is tough. Um, You know, I'll I'll tell you, Grace, a couple things. Uh, One is um, time goes by fast. One is I I turned 50 this year, like last month. And uh, I'll tell you, I I remember my teenage years like they were yesterday. Uh, Time goes by so fast. So when you ask for for advice, um, for me... It doesn't feel like it's that far away uh, to where I don't remember (laughs) what being a teenager is like. It's challenging. I have two daughters myself. One of them is 18, the other one is 20. So we're kind of getting at the end of the teenage years, but they're not any fun. Uh, Whether it was when I was a teenager, but I'll say even more now, uh, you guys have so much being thrown at you. And you have so many things in this world that are pulling you away from Christ. We didn't have cell phones when I was a teenager. We didn't have the Internet, so to speak. <clears throat> I kind of got into that a little bit in college uh, and back into college. But we didn't have those phones constantly in our hands distracting us. We didn't have the internet distracting us. We didn't have Netflix distracting us. You have so many distractions in this world that are trying to pull you away from God. So, how do you stay focused? That was your question. How do you stay focused on God? A couple of different ways. One is you you, you can't get wrapped up in this world. I know it's not popular as a teenager. I know it's not. I know it's easier to fall in line with what's normal out there nowadays and the culture and the teen culture and the hookup culture and everything else that happens in the teenage years. I understand that. It's not popular. It never has been popular, quite frankly. I mean, we had hundreds of people in my graduating class when I was in high school. And in my, like in my FCE, which is Fellowship of Christian Athletes that I was in, there may have been 20 of us in that. It's never been popular. They're kind of break out of the norm and focus on God. So how do you do it? You got to eliminate first the distractions in your world. If you're on your phone too much, if, you have, if Snapchat and TikTok are too much for you and it's only pulling you away from Jesus, I know it's not popular. It's going to be hard, but turn them off turn them off. Surround yourself with the people that have a focus on God like you do. Get involved. Get involved with youth at your church, assuming that you have one, hopefully. Get involved. Follow accounts like mine, social media accounts. Don't just follow your friends and like Kardashians or whatever you're doing, right? Follow Christian accounts. to Try to dilute some of that noise that's out there. Obviously, it'd be great if you just hop off of social media, (laughs) but I know how realistic that may be. Dive into your Bible. Talk to people that believe the same way you do. Get into a youth group. Most importantly, Grace, just like whether you're a teenager or a 20-year-old or a 50-year-old, pray. God can help you get through anything. He can help eliminate those distractions if you let Him. But you got to go to Him. So that's it. That's the best thing you can do, quite frankly, is pray. All right. Good luck with that, Grace. I know it's tough. All right, let's uh, take uh, another couple of questions. Uh, how do you get into heaven if it's mostly by doing the will of God? Um, it's not mostly by doing the will of God. Um, I think you're mistaken on that. Um, you don't earn your way to heaven. You, you don't work your way to heaven. Uh, I get it's the will of God, but it's not. You get into heaven by accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Yes, you need to repent. There's some stuff that you're going to do after that. You want to repent of your sins. You want to get baptized. You're all those things. I get it. Those are very important things. But the only way to get into heaven is by accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Period. So it's it's a free gift that God has already given us. He doesn't choose who goes to heaven. God would love everybody to go to heaven. He wants heaven crowded. He tells us in the Bible how to get there. And it's as simple as John 3.16. For he loved the world, for he so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. So whoever should believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. It's right there. Whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's it. Free gift. Accept Christ as your Savior. And he will change you. You'll be filled with the Holy Spirit, and you'll get into heaven. It's as simple as that. We don't need to make it more complicated than that. A lot of times, we get into the different denominations and different parts of Christianity that kind of have different things. Am I a Calvinist? Am I not? Am I you know? Am I am I a Baptist? Am I a Catholic? Am I this? Am I that? I think we get we we get we confuse the scriptures. What the scriptures says is believe in Jesus, and you will be forgiven. Period. There's a lot of other words in there. I get it. The thief on the cross is a perfect example. He was sitting there, and no matter what he did, he never went to church, never got baptized, but he believed in Christ, and Jesus turned to him and said, I'll see you in paradise. Period. So, you're confused on your question, but that's the real answer to the question that you're asking. It's not the will of God The will of God, he wants us all to be forgiven, but he's given us a way to do that. But we've got to meet him in the middle. All we've got to do is accept Jesus. All right, one more question, then we'll get out of here. Um, How can you forgive yourself? That's a great question. I'm going to end it on this one. Because we've talked a lot today about forgiving other people and God forgiving us. What we haven't talked about is (laughs) forgiving ourselves. And I'll tell you, I'll say this. I've struggled with this. In full transparency, I've struggled with this. I think we all do. I'm 50 years old. Um, I've accepted Jesus a long time ago, I grew up in a Christian home. my parents were Sunday school teachers. We went to church, you know, Wednesdays and twice on Sundays sometimes. Uh, but no matter, no matter that, I did so many things that I'm not proud of. Whether it was growing up as a teenager, 20-year-old, heck, I do things I'm not proud of today. <laughs> Let's be honest. Uh, I try my best. Um, I I dive into the Word. I pray. I try to have the best relationship with Jesus I can. But I fail. I fall. Not as bad as I did when I was younger. When you're young, at least I, I was young and stupid, and I did things I shouldn't have done. Hurt people I shouldn't have hurt. Hurt myself. Didn't act the way I think Jesus would have been proud of. But I still fall, even though I try hard, harder now than I did when I was younger. But when I read the words that we talked about today, talking about forgiving each other and how God forgives us, it kind of goes back to, you've got to forgive others if you expect God to forgive you. I'll say the same things to you. You've got to forgive yourself if you expect God to forgive you. We're falling. Talking about what Grace was asking about being, you know, how to keep God front and center as a teenager. How do you keep God front and center as a 50-year-old? We fail constantly. It's hard. We're pulled in so many directions in this world. We have so many distractions. The devil is the master of distraction, and we fall for it time and time and time again. So, how I forgive myself and how you should forgive yourself, you've got to give yourself a little bit of a break. Unfortunately, you live in a fallen world, and you're a broken person. The devil prides himself and works hard at finding the little flaws in your decision-making and exposing them and diving into them and just breaking them wide open and, and making you feel bad about yourself. It's not an excuse to sin, but it's the devil's fault. Takes some responsibility for sure. We make our own decisions. We have our free will. But look what you're up against, man. You're up against the the dark one, the evil one, the one that battles God. He's going to beat us half the time. So forgive yourself. Give yourself a little bit of a break. Um... Kind of goes back to where it feels good to forgive others. It's good for your heart. I would say the same thing about forgiving yourself. Pray, ask God to forgive you and release that burden from yourself. Give it to God. Let him forgive you. Let him forgive you. When you let him forgive you, you forgive yourself. It's not easy, I know. Forgiveness is tough. We're not perfect. As Christians, as human beings, we're certainly not perfect. So forgive yourself today. All right? All right let's say a, a quick prayer, and then we'll uh, get about our Friday and uh, hit it the weekend. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the words today encouraging us and, quite frankly, demanding that we forgive each other. I'm praying for everybody watching this or listening to this today, Lord, that they forgive, first and foremost, themselves or their own failures and their own faults and their own sins. They forgive others that may sin against them. They forgive others that hurt them. That's the only way for us to come humbly to you, Lord, with that burden off of us as we ask you to forgive us. So I'm praying for everybody today to forgive others and to forgive themselves and to ask you for forgiveness, because we know you're going to give it. It says it right there what we just talked about, that you'll give it to us as long as we ask and as long as we forgive others. Thank you for those words today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, guys, have a great weekend. Forgive somebody today. I know it's hard, but do it. Go out and forgive yourself and forgive somebody who... Uh, has may uh, have wronged you in the world today. So I love you guys. Talk to you next time. Till then, keep Jesus on your heart. Forever on your mind. God bless you guys.